It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Welcome back. Hour number two on Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town as we get rolling from 5 to 7, midnight to 2. PT's, your place to go watch the Golden Knights, talk Raider football, and get involved with our show. You know, sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. For well over a year, I told you all Yannick Ngakwe was coming to the Raiders. I felt he was the perfect fit for the Silver and Black, even before Gus Bradley came here. And now he's the edge rusher for the Silver and Black. Yannick, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Raider Nation. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me. How you feeling? I couldn't feel better because, you know, I've been saying your name around the clock for over a year because after Khalil Mack left and the Raiders made that financial decision, the Raiders have been looking for someone exactly like you, explosive off the edge who can get low, can come around, strip sack, and do it all, and now you're here. What's the welcome been like? What's the organization been like? How happy are you? Man, I'm super happy to be a Raider. You know, it's a perfect split, a fit, like you said earlier, and, um, you know, just by Gus being there, it's just a familiar defense that I'm I'm really uh, familiar with. Also, uh, that's a defense that I was in for like my first two years. So it's just a perfect ideal situation. You got a lot of guys up there that wants to win. Coach Gruden, uh, Mayock, everybody, they, they're just all in on winning, and that's the kind of atmosphere I want to be a part of. What is it about this defense and the style of Gus from your time, obviously, in Jacksonville to the Legion of Boom when he was there before Jacksonville? He became a head coach, and now he's the defensive coordinator. What do you like about the system and especially the work preparation at practice all week? Yeah, super simple. You know, the system is um, see, a, uh, see a little, you see a lot. So basically, uh, Gus, he makes it where – you don't have to think a lot. You can just go and play football, especially as a defensive lineman in that scheme. Uh, it's not too many responsibilities you have, and you can play free, and that's what makes that defense so effective. I remember when you were the Gatorade High School Football Player of the Year from D.C. You were on the map at a very early age for being an explosive player. So walk me through the D.C. run to get to Maryland what were the early years like for you? Were you really good as a Pop Warner player before you went to high school? How'd you get involved in football? Um, you know, football was always a thing that uh, it allowed me to escape, you know, from everything I was, that was going on in my life. And, um, you know, uh, I really feel like I blossomed to a good player, you know, maybe my last year in college, I would say. Um, that's when I finally really, I grasped, like, the true, true um, details of football and, it's not about always, you know, getting sacks and stuff like that. You know, you got to set edges and things like that. So um, I feel like, uh, like I said, in college, it all uh, it all happened for me. But uh, at the same time, uh, football's always been a love of mine. Uh, I love it, just the competition in it. There's nothing like it. So, yep. Yannick Ngakwe is our guest. What do you need to improve on? What have you been doing with conditioning, your workouts, and in preparation to come to the Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah, man, I've just been going back to the basics. You know, um, when I had a nice, really nice year in 2017, it was a certain uh, kind of training I was doing with uh, one of my trainers uh, back home. We got back together to um, 
get this train rolling. So I'm back doing that that kind of training right now, and um, you know, just trying to put myself in the best shape possible. Uh, always trying to stay ready, and um, yeah, just studying the game, studying the the older guys, the greats that played before me. I like to do that as well. And the thing I can improve on, you know, is all aspects of my game. Um, I feel like I can improve on um, breaking tape down even more, so I can see plays even faster. And um, yeah, man, just 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 trying to polish every single aspect of it. You know, I love that uh, the the big player of my youth, the greatest player I ever saw live ever was Lawrence Taylor on defense. And as a guy who was a linebacker initially, then could play the edge, could stop the run, could chase a quarterback down from behind. When you talk about the greats that you look at, I'm sure he's one of them. Give me a couple other ones that you think you could mix and, uh, mix and match your skill set with. Yeah, man, a guy like Kevin Green. You know, he's a guy mm-hmm. that, um, rest in peace of Kevin Green, he's a guy that's been on multiple teams, you know, um, and everywhere he's went, he's produced, and he was a leader. And uh, just the way he approached the game, he was they called him a hard worker for a reason. You know, that was, that was his old M.O., around the NFL, and um, I feel like that's a guy I can model my game after. Uh, it was a point in time where he was in the Carolina Panthers, if I'm not mistaken, and he was uh-huh. you know, getting played out of position a little bit, and he finally got to a place where he can play his, uh, his true you know, open side five technique, and he flourished as a player. So if I could name a player, that would be a guy that I really want to emulate. Seeing the Raiders last year, they should have been a playoff team. They had a couple of big losses, almost collapses at the end of the games where they looked like they were going to win. And there was, I'll tell you, from hosting the pre- and post-game show with the team, pre-game and then after the game, after Coach Gruden spoke, it was rough because these are games that should have been won, should have been put away. And a lot of the heat went on the defense. The defensive coordinator was let go. So you come in with a little bit of pressure on it because everybody in the Raider Nation wants to see this defense deliver quickly. Do you feel that pressure since you signed? No pressure at all. This is what I do. Um, this is what, you know, uh, Mayock and Gruden, they brought me here to do. They brought me here to lead, and they brought me here to play winning football. So that's nothing. It's just I embrace the opportunity and I embrace the challenge. How about how about Rod Marinella? He's something. When his voice gets going, I'm sure it's been all pleasantries now, but the Gus Bradley connection with Rod Marinelli and Coach Gruden, tell us about that. Yeah, man. Coach Rob, man, uh, it speaks for itself for him. Man. He just loves football 100%. That's the first thing uh, we talked about is my talent matching uh, production. And he's like, you know what, Unique, we haven't even reached the level of where you can get to and where you can bring this team to help us win. And I'm just trying to accept that challenge and trying to find things that I can do to polish my game even more to help this team win football games. Yannick Nkakwe as we wrap it up. So you talk about leadership. It's a big part of the history of the Raiders, from Al Davis to the legends who have played. I mentioned Ted Hendricks, Jim Otto, uh, George Atkinson, the legends that have played Phil Villapiano on defense, Howie Long. And they played in the greatest games, the biggest games, and now, Yannick, no one's played. No fans have seen the Raiders play in that stadium. Does it feel like a really fresh new start for you, along with this fan base, to get to know each other? Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to win uh, a lot of uh, games for Raider uh, football. And at the same time, it's just uh, it's crazy. Like you said, Like we really haven't broken the stadium yet. We really haven't yeah. had a true capacity to see this football team flourish and it's a perfect storm for sure. Hey, one more from the years in Jacksonville, the Minnesota and the Ravens. For those who said the path has been a little bit bumpy, 
playing for a couple of teams recently. What don't we know about that? Because you got an agent, teams, there's GMs, owners, and all that. No one cares about that in Vegas. They want you to be great here. But what about the last couple of years and why you moved around? What's the backstory? Uh, you know, I just wanted to, you know, I needed a fresh start out of Jacksonville. So uh, I got traded to Minnesota. I had a fresh start in Minnesota. I had a great time with uh, Coach uh, Patterson, Andre. He was my defensive line coach. And uh, we got a call as far as, um, you know, an opportunity for me to be able to go back home and be closer to my mom. And I thought it would be a, a smart thing to do as far as the fit. And that's the true uh, details behind the story. So I decided to leave Minnesota. I didn't get traded. I could have stayed in Minnesota if I wanted to for the rest of the season. And um, unfortunately, when I went to the Ravens, it wasn't really a good fit as far as how my skill set was being utilized. But God does everything for a reason. So I'm just super excited to be a Raider now. Uh, personally, with your family and your friends, last one, what does everybody think of Vegas? How happy are you to be in this community? There's a lot of upside here from real estate to entertainment, but I know you're focused on football. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a great, great, great place. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big UFC fan, so, you know, it's pretty mm. cool to be able to play football in the hub of that. But on a, uh, on a bigger note, I'm just ready to give back to the community. As soon as, as, soon as we get things rolling, I can't wait to uh, venture off and branch into any opportunities to help people that need help uh, coming from similar places as me. And that's one of my major goals is to help the community. That's big, on, that's big for me, especially as I'm getting older and I'm realizing how important it is uh, just to give back because, you know, it wasn't done for me, so somebody has to do it. Whatever I can do to help you launch that and volunteer my time, I would love to do it because I'm the guy that said you were coming to the Silver and Black, so you're making <laughs> me look good. Yannick, thanks a lot for doing this. I look forward to meeting you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, JC. We'll talk. You got it. Yannick Ngakwe. Like it. Like it a lot. I mean, that's, that's the player I wanted because I just thought, you know, I, I was close in a, you know, not even close, but I got to know Khalil Mack being at all the games on the sidelines and up in Napa, and we really clicked, and we connected in London when he was there, and I understand it's a business. And since Khalil left, I was looking on the radio for that one player that was going to come in, and everybody was saying Melvin Ingram, and what about J.J. Watt? And I just thought J.J. Watt should have, at least been pursued a bit, he wasn't because of that guy. That's the guy that they knew they were going to get, they were going to target. That's the guy before that that I wanted to see here. And now I hope he, I hope he delivers. But what a gentleman. What a great guy. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Let's get some calls behind Yannick Ngakwe and what he just said here. Do you buy into this Raider Nation? For all of the complaining in the Raider Nation for the last two weeks, we just got you the guy. You just heard him. Can you get behind him? Can you all get behind him like 100% of you? Not 97%, not 83%, not 71%. Can you all get behind that guy? And hopefully he doesn't get injured. Hopefully he lives up to the hype. Hopefully he goes to two or three Pro Bowls. And we can say, yeah, I remember when he came on Raider Nation Radio. He has to be great. There's too many guys that come here that are supposed to be very good or great, and they're not. And I don't blame the GM. I don't, John Gruden is a workhorse. He busts everybody's ass to be great. And if they're not great, okay, you can criticize and go, why'd they get him? Why'd they draft him? Why'd they pay him that much? Why'd they give Trent Brown that money? Okay, I get it. But you got to blame the player 
for not living up to his expectations. And with Yannick Ngakwe, that's a guy who's like, the biggest question, I don't have notes, that I wanted to ask him is, how do you feel the pressure? I don't feel any of it. He doesn't feel it. He, he's a badass. And the Raiders haven't had a badass in a long time. Coming in, Mad Max, Mad Max was drafted. He came in. I thought he's played at a very high level. Cleveland Farrell, drafted really high. I think at times he's flashed. He's played at times at a high level. But he's got to play better. And it sounds like Yannick is going to be the guy who's going to put the heat on those guys to get better. I mean, he's, he's the face of the Raiders, in my opinion. It's Derek Carr on offense, and it's Yannick Ngakwe on defense. Those are the two guys. Put those two guys up there and go to battle with them. 702-365-9200. Thanks to Will Kiss for setting that up. I really appreciate it. And uh, that's a get that I wanted to get, and I appreciate the fact that the Raiders get me these players, and we're able to get them on the radio with you. And then coming up a little bit later on in the show, Solomon Thomas is going to join us. And to preview that interview, i got to ask him where his career's going. Because I've talked to 49er insiders on and off the record, and they weren't super impressed. They thought that he was going to be a lot better. And he's coming to the Raiders with an opportunity to salvage his career uh, with that athletic ability and hopefully be a really good player going forward. Really good player going forward. So let's get everybody going. Let's get everybody excited. I want to uh, wish my buddy Adrian Cisco Ortega a happy 18th birthday. Uh, his uh, dad, Cisco, is fantastic, and he's a big supporter of the show here. So Adrian's 18th birthday, want to wish him nothing but the best. Good kid, great dad, black hole, hardcore. Have a great birthday, my friend. We appreciate it. And let's get the phones going here uh, tomorrow. I'm at the Raider facility, so we're inside the Raider facility. Eddie Pascal will join me. We'll go over free agency. We have a couple other guests that we're working on. And then Friday, a rare remote. JT, a remote? Yeah. I'm going on remote to the Virgin Hotel, the brand-new property, the former Hard Rock. It's opening up Thursday night, and I'll be there for a couple nights, and we're going to do the first show there. Boz, the owner of the property, is one of the coolest guys I've met in Vegas in my 20-plus years being here. And as they, they bought it, branded it with Richard Branson, the Mohegan Sun, as their gaming partner, I can't wait. I met my wife at the Hard Rock. There's no longer a Hard Rock, but that same energy that I'm getting. I've walked this property recently. It's going to blow you away. Blow you away when you go to the Virgin Hotel and you see what they've done. It's not the Hard Rock. It's not. It's something completely different. Think of it as L.A. and Scottsdale outdoors, the pool, the restaurants, the promenade. Like you can be at one restaurant eating outside, having a margarita, and just say, hey, my buddy's four restaurants down. Leave your seat, walk along the promenade, and sit down with your buddy at the next restaurant. The pool and the day club are going to be different. They have a great space for sports, which I can't wait to tell you about, which we're going to talk about they're going to still have the old theater, the joint. It's rebranded. That's going to be incredible. That's where I saw the Rolling Stones the night I met my wife. And then the suites were all redone. And they're going to be really unique. And the, I, I just can't wait. I cannot, cannot wait for that. So we'll be there Friday from noon to 2. It'll be a late night, Thursday night, a great night 
Friday night, a March Madness will be coming. We'd like to thank our partner, the Virgin Hotels. And I was the last show at the Hard Rock when it closed. That was a rough one. Quick story. That was Super Bowl Sunday. And I did. They brought me in to do the last ever show as they closed. They closed right after the Super Bowl. So I said to myself, it was a podcast because it was the day of the Super Bowl. And Boz told me, hey, man, we, we want you out here. We want to save all this audio for posterity as we close. So I go, yeah, you know, we're going to interview a couple of executives from Virgin, a couple of executives from the Hard Rock. He said, no, no, I want to interview all the people that met here, that work here. So we're talking about bartenders who, you know, married a, a slot gal who was working there or a crap dealer who married someone in the back of the hotel, someone who worked in casino operations. So after doing that and meeting a lot of people and doing that on Saturday, Sunday, I didn't think it would be very serious. So we stayed up pretty late on Saturday, and I came down there. And Sunday, we did a memorable show and, you know, drank a lot of water. <laughs> it was excited to do it, and it was a lot of fun. And Boz said that they sent that podcast off to everybody at Virgin and the uh, people that were there at the Hard Rock, and he said, we got to do this again. So there's a couple of uh, great legendary people going to be on with me Friday. One's a surprise that they won't let me bring up, but a Hall of Fame, a Hall of Famer. So excited about that. That'll be Friday heading into the weekend, and then we have March Madness. Looking forward to getting Kevin Kruger on the show, hopefully sometime next week, and get into the Golden Knights and talk about all of that. So we just had Yannick Ngakwe on, and I want to hear from Raider fans. He deserves a welcome and the welcome is running late. So dial up the phones and keep the show going because I don't do a podcast. I get you the best guests, the best calls, the interviews, but I demand greatness from the listener to step up. Not 20 of you, three or four a day. Now, when I have a little open spot, we can hear from you. We got one now before our next guest, 702-365-9200. As we continue, and I want to thank my good friends at SalmonAshLaw.com. Sam and Ash, if you get into an accident, only one phone call you need to make. It's the Sam and Ash because you deserve what's right. They'll do everything for you. They'll take away all the anxiety of trying to get a settlement. You want to get safe after an accident. You want to get to the side of the road. And then you want to call Sam and Ash because they're there. They actually pick up the phone 24-7, and they're there to help you through it. There's a lot of stress when you get into an accident. You need a two-for-one, Sam and Ash. And they'll do it all for you. 702-820-1234. Solomon Thomas is going to join us coming up here, the newest member of the Raiders. There's a lot of members of the Raiders now coming in on that defensive line. We'll get to that conversation as he's going to call in here in about 20 minutes. And then we got a 20-minute window to take your phone calls on what I asked you about earlier today. What's the plan with Marcus Mariota? If you were sitting down, what would the question be to John Gruden on Mariota? I want to get into that topic. It's a really important one going forward. Jason, thanks for waiting for the interview. Go ahead, Jason. You're up next. Hey, GT. Uh, just want to say uh, thanks for having me on the air. Uh, Thank you. you know, I listen to you guys all the time. I work at Good Shelton, so not always able to call you guys. Um, I do want to know, I do want to say, uh, man, one of the big reasons why I love listening to your show is because you always have such great interviews with the alumni and starting people up, new people. And uh, I just want to say thank you for doing that. And that's one of my favorite parts about listening to your show. 
Well, thank um, you. I appreciate that. What's on your mind? What do you think of Mariota coming back? Yannick and Gakwe off the edge. How, how do you think of the offseason so far? So far, so good. Um, Mariota, I was happy that he came back. I do like Mariota. I'm hoping that we can keep him and, uh, you know, keep him as a good backup. You know, I don't see why we should trade him unless somebody blows the tables off with a deal. Um, mm. and, you know, I mean, in this league, things can happen. So, uh Good at that one. I'm glad that he's back. Um, okay. The uh, Zagway, man. You're right, man. You had him. You had him listed a long time ago. So that's one thing I'm glad you got right. And uh, thank you. Can't wait hey, to I see got... him play, man. Can't wait to see him in that silver and black and tackling some QBs and making some fumbles, man. It's been a little thank while you. since we've seen something like that. You got it, Jason. Thank you. And yeah, we got that right with Yannick and because when JT gets it wrong, whoo, do I hear it? But I got that one right. And the other one I put my neck on the line for, which I'm going to stay with, is that the Raiders are going to make a trade. I I really want the Raiders to trade away some players and get better players. And they they could be able to do that because Bucky Brooks and NFL Network did a mock draft with the Raiders at 17. And before, I mean, pick 12 through about 14, a couple of linebackers that I like a lot were off the board. And I think if the Raiders have to trade up from 17 to get to 11, to get to 9, to get the impact player, imagine this. Follow me here. I'm assuming I'm putting my neck out that Ngakwe is going to be great if he could stay healthy. So you got Cleland Farrell, a fourth overall pick. Max Crosby, you know what you got with him. Yannick Ngakwe, who's supposed to be great. Okay, then you got a whole bunch of defensive players that got to be good on the line. I'm just talking about the line. Imagine if the Raiders get out of the draft and they move up and they just get a stud. Because there's a couple of studs that can play the same position Yannick can play, but different too. A little bit smaller and you can move them into the linebacker position. I'm not comfortable with these linebackers. I'm not. I don't think any of them are great. I think they're serviceable guys, but they wouldn't be starting on a lot of good teams in the NFL. They would not be Two out of the three Raider linebackers would not be starting on the majority of the teams in this league that are very good. So I don't buy into it. I want to see a better linebacker in the draft, and I think that the Raiders, in order to do it, might have to trade up. And if they got to give up a draft pick to do it, go for it. What are the draft picks going to do? I don't care about a fourth-round, fifth-round pick unless he turns out to be a flash player. I think the Raiders are not done wheeling and dealing. I think Mayock knows it. I think Mayock is burning the midnight oil to figure out how to make a splash in the draft. And if he's able to pull that off, we're going to be ready to roll. Chris, thanks for waiting. You're up next on Raider Nation Radio. What's happening, Chris? Hey, T. What's up, my brother? How are you, buddy? Hey, man. I'm an old dice dealer from the old hard rock days. Oh, love it. Love, how, well, love let me stop you. Let me stop you. How many legendary celebrities... Did you hand the dice to back in the heyday of the hard rock? You got to have a good story. Oh man, there was plenty. There was man, I dealt I dealt blackjack the guns and the whole crew of Guns and Roses. I dealt uh, blackjack to uh, Motley Crue. Man, it was this it was the wildest times, best times of my life in the casino business. Are you going to work for Virgin or did you move on? No, I moved on. I have my own business now. Good for you. Good for you. What's on your mind with the Raiders? Listen, I hate to say this, brother, but the Raiders have to follow in the Chargers' footsteps. 
when they got to get rid of Philip Rivers, an old veteran, but never could pull it off, right? They got mm-hmm. rid of him, and now they got a young stud in there that I think is going to be a hell of a quarterback. He already is, but in in five years, that Charger team's going to be explosive. Mm-hmm. So, what do you want the Raiders to do? Are you sensing get rid of Carr? I think, Am I? I man, it's, it's you got to make a move. And Mariota's a second stringer all the way. He's not a starter. Let's mm-hmm. face the facts. Or he'd be starting somewhere, and he wouldn't be getting paid three million a season. So you got to make some moves. Twenty-five million a year for Carr, no playoff bound. You got to get rid of him, and we got to step it up, and we got to find a quarterback that's going to lead this team. Yeah, well, I disagree with you, but I appreciate the call, and thanks for calling. If if you got. Other players, look, if you get Trevor Lawrence and you tell me you get Trevor Lawrence for that, you know, I like Derek a lot and I would be open to that conversation. But look, Deshaun Watson, and there's a lot of news on Deshaun Watson. I didn't even mention his name today. I'll get to that coming up on the other side. I I believe that Derek can do it. Look, Derek's career at the same point is much, much, much bigger than Rich Gannon's. Not even close. Rich Gannon was a journeyman. Then he came, he's a backup journeyman. He came to the Raiders and became an MVP. Led the Raiders to the playoffs multiple times in the Super Bowl. You know, I think the world, the rich. But imagine when people, I was on the radio when the Raiders made the deal to get Rich Gannon. I was there for that. And on the radio, locally in the Bay Area, and people were upset about it. They didn't understand. Oh, my God, they're going for a backup. How come they can't get anybody better? I'm with Derek. I'm riding with Derek. But Russell Wilson's name and other names out there, again, if you can upgrade from Derek Carr, that's a decision that Mayock and Gruden said they'll always look at everyone available. But come on, as the T-shirt says again, Derek Carr's not the problem. If he was, I'd tell you he was. He's not the problem. I think he can go from being the ninth, 10th best quarterback in the league to seven or six. If he's able to do that, the Raiders will be golden. But the Raiders decided, and the Raiders decided to go cheaper on the offensive line. For everybody who's freaking out, I get it. I don't like all the moves either. But they're going cheaper, and they're telling Tom Cable, Tom, go fix this. You got Andre James. You got a couple other guys. We're going to upgrade Denzel Good. Go make these guys better, and we got to build this defense. And that's what they're in the process of doing. All right, when we come back, more of our conversation on what the Raiders need to do. Even though they re-signed Marcus Mariota, what is the plan with Mariota? Could he be moved again? Could he get in on third down in a couple of packages? We'll see what happens. And then Solomon Thomas is going to join us. The third overall pick in the draft a few years ago. And I hope this is a move in his career that makes him live up to his potential. I'll ask him that in 15 minutes. This is the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by P.T.'s, Sierra Gold, Sean Patrick's, P.T.'s Ranch, the SG Bar, P.T.'s Gold, and P.T.'s Brewing Company. JT, as we're coming back, uh, got Solomon Thomas coming up here in about 15 minutes as we are back and excited for the rest of the week. Uh, Tomorrow I'll be with John Gruden. And Marcus Arroyo, the head coach of UNLV, for a high school coaching clinic. 
over at the Raiders facility. Unfortunately, virtually, but it just shows you the commitment that the Raiders have, and especially John Gruden, who will be joined by Gus Bradley and Rod Marinelli as they are trying to help out these high school programs in town. And I know high school football is back finally here in Vegas, so we're very excited about that, especially all these kids who are not looking to play at the next level. They're just looking to wrap up their high school career and get outside and be with their friends. Happy that we're seeing some games coming up. Uh, Raider Mark, thanks for calling on the Raiders app. What's happening, Mark? Hey, what's up, JT, man? Great show, man. Great interview with Ngakwe, man. Awesome, man. You're the man there, man. Uh, You know, he's going to bring that juice, man, that we need on on the edge. And uh, with Max coming back with a healthy – Man, we're going to have some good bookends, man. It's going to be interesting, man, because I, I love Gus's his philosophy. He's going to bring he's going to bring it. We're going to uh, hit that quarterback and, and, and take him down. And, and I think the Raiders are going to be back on that end. You know, the linebacking crew, uh, you're, you're right, man. Uh, we, need, we need to upgrade there. There's one guy I'm really curious about is Xavier Collins, man, from Tulsa. He, he's yep. 260-6-4. If we, let's pick him up, solidify that, that linebacking crew, get some veteran defensive backs and solidify that back end, I think we'll be a good defense, man. And, and well, I mean, but you're, you're the same thing you said, about, not you said personally, but on John Abram with, and again, not that size, but similar physicality. And I'm on board still with Jonathan Abram, but, you know, when you look at certain players, you got to make sure that they can fit into the system and play quickly and don't have to take a year or two to be developed. You're aware of that. Right, right, JT. I, I totally agree. You know, but Xavier uh, Collins, man, he's he's two sixty yeah. linebacker, and he's very athletic. So we could plug him, and because you you know, with our linebacking crew, they don't look that they don't look big. No, they're not. They, they don't. They don't. They don't tackle well. And 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 Xavier's gonna come in and bring that presence, that big presence. You know, not, not I'm not saying he's gonna be Ray Lewis, but he's got that size and quickness. So we got to bring him in, bring some veteran players. I hope Abrams develop. You know, and that's where Gus is going to come in. He's going to hold these guys accountable. And they're going to bring in more players to have this competition thing that Seattle used to have on their defense. So I think once mm-hmm. we do that, we're going to be a lot better, JT. Yeah, I agree with you. Thanks for the phone call. We All talked right, about this. Care. Yeah, thank you. We talked about this a long time with Pete Carroll and Gus competition Thursday. Ken Norton, right? Ken Norton Jr., I thought he was a good coach. Was he great? No, but he's been on. He's been in. He was a great linebacker, multiple Super Bowl champion, had success, and he came from that competition Thursday's deal. No one wants to compete more on Thursday in practice and Wednesday than John Gruden, as he told me multiple times last year. He had no one available at practice to compete, let alone he doesn't have an opportunity. Gregory Rousseau, the defensive end out of Miami, I love this guy, and I think he's unbelievable. If they could get him. Now, I have a couple of mock drafts that have him going 12 to 14. Anywhere there. He just mentioned Zayvon Collins and his ability. The Patriots could be taking him at 15. There's a lot of players that are going to be gone by the time the Raiders go. And I'm concerned about that. Because I think as I keep telling you, and all I can keep telling you, is that I believe that the Raiders should move up if they want to get the player that we're talking about who can be the impact linebacker position player that could come in and really have an impact quickly. And I don't know. The guys that I like are going to be gone before 17. Quiddy Pay, the defensive end tackle, he's another guy. Quiddy Pay out of Michigan, take him. 
He's fantastic. He'll start for the Raiders. He will start for the Raiders. So that's a big deal, and I'm excited about that. Hey, tomorrow's clinic is with the coaches statewide, open to high school coaches, Northern, Central, and Southern Nevada, our commitment to the Silver State. 702-365-9200. Eddie's in Los Angeles on the Raiders mobile app streaming. Hello, Eddie. Hey, how you doing, JT? I absolutely love bringing in Yannick and the players mm-hmm. that Brian, and even Solomon, that you know, an approved deal. I think what they're doing is creating competition on the defense and bringing in mm-hmm. a true alpha dog, which we lacked severely last year and the year before that on defense. This guy's going to come in immediately, day one, and take over and be the leader on the defense. He's going to show these young rookies how to play, how to come out, how to compete and practice, so you can be the best during the game. We haven't had that in a while. I'm on, I'm spot on with you needing a linebacker. We need some, we need a beast at linebacker that can run sideline to sideline. We are always open in the middle of the field. It's like the Bermuda Triangle there. Every tight end, anybody can just kills us in the middle of the field. We definitely need that help there. I don't know if it's in this draft or where we're going to get it. Mm-hmm. I hope to make a couple moves to get us someone, but definitely. As far as the offensive line, I think we're, we're, we'll be all right. Right tackle still a bit of a question. They proved last year, coaching staff-wise, that they can mm-hmm. make it work, and I, I, have, I still yeah. have the faith in that. Appreciate the call. Uh, I, I, the right tackle is a problem. That's a big problem. It was a problem because we didn't have reliability and availability at that position. Appreciate the call because Trent Brown didn't have the passion to play enough. And they got to get a right tackle uh, or Derek Carr is going to be running for his life. And they could do that in the draft if they want to do it. Or they can go get a veteran who gets cut. And they can find a serviceable veteran that maybe could step up and find lightning in a bottle and play there. That's hard to do. The Raiders had the guy, and they paid him handsomely, and I thought he screwed him. Can I say that on the air? I think I can. The Raiders got screwed by Antonio Brown and Trent Brown. Antonio Brown was the answer. He was the best wide receiver in the league. No debate. Julio Jones, A.J. Green, he had better numbers. John Gruden gave him an opportunity of a lifetime. He showed up in Alameda for the press conference with his kids. He was happy. He, he, then he shows up at Napa, and his mind deteriorated. His mind deteriorated because of money, the way he treated women poorly, all the problems, his frozen feet, and that was, it wasn't a mistake. It was on Antonio Brown. The Raiders brought in Trent Brown, coming off a Super Bowl, in shape, excited. He said all the right things when he signed with the Raiders. Everything you could say, he said right. And then he bailed on the Raiders. He wasn't reliable, wasn't passionate, never, ever, ever told anybody in the community that he loved the Raiders. And the Raiders gave him all this money, transitional wealth. Now all of a sudden he's happy to leave. Can't have that anymore. Got to have guys who are vetted, who want to be here for good and got upside. Uh, Raider 562, you're up next. What's happening? Hey, good, good afternoon, uh, JT. Um Great, great uh, call, great content, um, great uh, interviews. I'm a first-time caller. Thank you. Uh, I'm just going to add my two cents um, to what's already been said. I I like the direction that we're going. Uh, I know everybody be on Carr's head, you know. I, I I don't think it's warranted. In some cases it is, in some cases it's not. Because I want to see 
more passion from him at times. Sometimes he gives it and sometimes he doesn't. And that goes back to consistency. Um, uh, but I think he can lead us where we need to go. Uh, I would like to see him and um, Mariota uh, do some type of thing like what they did in uh, with the Saints, you know, kind of put him in and, and let him go too and let him and Derek split time. I would love to see something like that. I'm excited about the direction that we're going, especially on the defense, them bringing in uh, Yannick and, uh, you know, Solomon and just the, uh, the players that they're bringing in. Uh, we have to have accountability. They have to get in there, you know, on both sides. Accountability, um, steel, sharp, and steel. They got to get in there and compete and hold each other accountable, and we'll get the results that we need. We have to be positive about well, what direction that we're headed in, and I think we're headed in a good direction. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we need pieces here and there, but I think we're headed in a positive direction. Yeah, I agree. So, I, you know, I'm not that sure because there's a lot of holes uh, left that we, the Raiders, have to fix. When I say that the Raiders are in a good position, uh, some fans think I'm a shill for the owner, which is great. You know, some fans want me to get fired and, and it's rip the team as I work for the team. They want a different JT. You get all these interviews, you get all this content, I blow my top, I give you all the, my opinions, and then a couple of people say, well, you're not tough enough. Really on who? Who have I never asked a question to? Who have I never asked every single question to? It's easy to say, well, he doesn't ask the tough questions or he didn't ask this question because I worked for the team. What I don't do is I don't make fun of haircuts, people. I don't mock people. I don't make fun of people. I build relationships. That's why I've been doing this going on 23 years with the team. There's been a lot of people in my position higher up and lower up than me that ruined their position with the Raiders because they couldn't handle themselves in the media. It's never going to be perfect, but I give you everything I have. Coming up next, the newest member of the Silver and Black, Solomon Thomas joins us. I'll ask him what the Raiders can expect from him to be an explosive player the way he was drafted in 2017, number three overall on Raider Nation Radio. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's. With five locations in the Valley, 100 years of coal-fired brick oven pizza. JT, back with you on Raider Nation Radio. You can listen live like today. A lot of people on that Raiders mobile app. Thanks to the Raiders for that. We welcome in the newest member of the Silver and Black defensive tackle, Solomon Thomas. Solomon, welcome to the Raider Nation. Thrilled to have you. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Couldn't be better. Tell me about the journey for you. Before we get to coming to the Raiders, I want to talk about your early youth, Chicago, Sydney, Australia, then you flash in high school and go to Stanford. What a journey for a young football player (laughs) even before you got to college. Tell us about that. Yes, sir. Yeah, football uh, definitely wasn't going on from the beginning. Yeah, so I was born in Chicago. Um, lived there for a couple of years, and my family, my dad's job, he worked for Procter & Gamble, um, moved us to Australia for about five years. And after that, we were in Connecticut for three, and then after Connecticut, we moved to Texas where I finally started playing football, and uh, from there I went to Stanford and the Niners and now the Raiders. Um, but, yeah, so I didn't start playing football until, yeah, Texas. So I was a swimmer before then, so 
um, in Australia, you know, big, big swimming culture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I grew up swimming and that, that was really the only sport I played until uh, fourth grade. It's incredible. Do, do you think in the long run, all the moving around, because you, you have friends and you lose friends and you're traveling all over the world at this point in time, did that help you to become, to be the man you are today? Definitely. You know, you see, uh, seeing different people, seeing different cultures and environments, you know, that definitely helped me, you know, grow into who I am today, you know, learning different perspectives and different outlooks on life, you know, getting to see a different country, you know, that was huge on, you know, my sister and I growing up. So, you know, definitely shaped who I am today. And, uh, you know, it just gave me a, a broader perspective. You had a brilliant run at Stanford. Uh, before we get to football at Stanford, I always ask people who go there because it's the elite school in America. Did you hang out with guys who ended up being billionaires through all these venture deals? I'm sure there's a story or two of someone you studied with or someone you know who went on to a VC deal and made a lot of money, huh? You know, I'm sure I have plenty of class- <laughs> classmates who have already cashed out in some big VC deals and, and stuff or created some big businesses. But I just remember like when I was a, a freshman, we were doing freshman intros in our dorm and, um, you know, people were talking about how they already created companies. And one of the girls in my dorm uh, just comes out and she's like, yeah, when I was 14, I created silly bands. And I was like, oh, wow, silly bands. Like that's a big deal. Like, so, you know, the people there are incredible and, and you know, they're changing the world in so many ways. So, you know, very blessed to, you know, be at the university like Stanford. Solomon Thomas is our guest. So you come out of Stanford, third pick overall in 2017. What type of pressure were you dealing with to live up to that hype when you came to the Niners out of college? You know, it definitely was, you know, in a, in a different headspace, you know, just trying to, uh, you know, in a spot where I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my dream. I'm playing the NFL, you know, I'm the third pick. I need to perform. And then, you know, I'm extremely hard on myself. You know, anyone who knows me um, knows how much I expect out of myself and how much you know, I push myself and want myself to be the best. So, um, you know, a lot of pressure on myself and, you know, um, you know, so there was a lot going on there, but, you know, it definitely made me into who I am today. And, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from it. So, um, you know, it's in, in total picture, um, I've grown from it. I've learned, I've matured and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm who I am today because of it. Solomon Thomas is our guest. So what didn't work with the 49ers with your skill set and the scheme that had you flashing more that were really where you would have stayed with them long term and been a franchise player there forever? What do you think was the key thing that was missing that you think you'll bring to the Raiders now and play at a higher level? You know, definitely, like I just talked about from the beginning, you know, just my mindset wasn't right coming in the NFL. You know, I was, I was still young. Um, you know, I, I should have been more confident, more believing in myself when I, when I first came out. But, um, you know, playing uh, on the edge was hard for me. Um, when I first got to the league, uh, I was the inside player in college and really only played three, three tech and one tech. I didn't, I didn't really play five, seven, nine, six, or anything like that. And so when I got to the league and was kind of shoved out there, it was, it was kind of new for me and weird and um, took me a while to get used to. And so, uh, you know, finally when I was moving back inside uh, the last couple of years, you know, Finally, uh, you know, doing what I, what I know how to do and, and, and playing a lot better uh, for sure is, is the right place for me. So, you know, I'm, I'm just so excited and I, I truly feel like uh, my career is just starting, you know, year five. I feel like I'm finally in the right spot. I feel like, um, you know, I'm back in the right position and I feel like I'm ready to you know, show the greatness of Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas is our guest. What did you see from Robert Sala as a really good coordinator and a position coach? Now he's a head coach with the Jets, where you can make a comparison to Gus Bradley, former head coach who comes to be your coach now on the defense for the Silver and Black. Those are two coaches that have some pretty good track records. 
I definitely, you know, uh, Coach Sala is, is awesome. You know, he loves his players. Um, you know, he's pretty, he's a, he's a cool guy. You know, he loves story time. Um, but, you know, he's a guy who's detailed about his work. Um, he's, he comes in every day fired up, ready to, ready to practice, ready to play. Um, he's a guy who's going to give his players all, and that's why his players love him. Um, and you can tell the same with Coach Bradley. You know, you know they're both amazing, genuine human beings, but they're also geniuses, like, on the, on the football field. So, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed to be playing for Coach Bradley and blessed to have played for Coach Sala. We just had Yannick Ngakwe on, and I think the real thing that Raider fans want to know, Solomon, from you is if you could be dominant, if you could be a Pro Bowl player, because Cleveland Farrell comes in from Clemson, plays a national championships game with Dabo, Mad Max on the edge, explodes onto the scene. He wants to get better. And then a whole bunch of uh, defensive tackles are brought in along with you. It feels like it's American Idol for a tryout, and who's going to be able to last? But your resume is much more accomplished as being the third pick overall. So can you dominate again and be an elite player in this league and live up to your potential? Definitely. You know, I, I know I can dem- dominate. I'm excited to dominate. And, you know, being around the guys around me like Max, you know, uh, Anik, um, you know, Quinn, uh, Big Hank, you know, um, Queen, all those guys, they're going to help me dominate and I'm going to help them dominate. So, you know, I'm excited to play on this D-line. And, um, you know, I, I know what I can do. I can get off. Uh, you know, I can destroy the backfield. I, I can get into guards and I can pass rush. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to show that. And I'm excited to be dominant and make this happen. Does this feel like, because, again, you're young and you've, you've been invested in this league and the Raiders are thrilled to have you, but do you think that this is really a critical point in your career where you have one direction to go? You've got to prove that you could be great in this league, not be an average player, and if you do it in Vegas, no better organization than the Raiders in a brand-new market. Yeah, of, cor- of course. You know, of course this year is critical. Every year in football is critical because your lifetime is so short in football. But, yeah, I mean – I, I live in a mentality of now, and right now, this is the most important year. This is the most important day of my life. So, you know, I'm going to give every day I got my all. So uh, this year is, is critical, and I'm excited to just go, um, you know, show who I am and, and be dominant and be that player that I know I can be. Your pin tweet is really important when you talked about your sister who was the light of your life. Can you tell us about that side of your life and the tough times you've been through and how you're coming out of it? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so my sister, Ella, uh, she died by suicide in 2018. And, you know, that was tough for my family and I, you know, flipped our world upside down. And, um, you know, it was just really tough on us. And, you know, just kind of uh, put us in the world of mental health and, uh, you know, going through my own grief, going through my own depression and anxiety and just, um, you know, learning from that, learning how to cope um, and just, you know, learning what we need in this world and, and how much help we need in the mental health sector. So, you know, that's what my family and I are dedicated to right now. But, um, you know, the side of Ella and me that you, that everyone sees in me is, you know, is in my smile, is in my laugh, is, you know, in my in my feistiness, you know, my little attitude that I get. Um, you know, that's all her. You know, she taught me how to love each day and, and make everyone feel so important. Um, but also, you know, to be yourself and to, and to not look back. So, you know, I'm excited to, to you know, continue to live my life for her and to continue to, continue to you know, make a difference in the world and the mental health world. Yeah, you know, we asked you a lot of serious questions about football and your upside and what you can bring, but I guess, Solomon, there's nothing bigger than that, losing your sister, and I can't imagine what that pain is like for you every day and what you want to do going forward for her legacy. So whatever we can do to help you with suicide prevention or anything here on Raider Nation Radio, count on me, and we'd love to help and look forward to meeting you and welcome you to the Raider Nation. Everybody is pulling for you to be a great Raider. 
Well, that means the world, and I, I really appreciate that. So thank you so much, and I'm, I'm so happy to be a Raider and, and show you guys what I can do. Let's get it. You got it. Take care, Solomon. All the best. Thank you. All right. Thank you. you Solomon Thomas. Wow. All right. So you can see the pinned tweet and read the story at Solomon Thomas. It's Solly Thomas 90. S-O-L-L-Y Thomas 90. That was one hell of a radio show today, and I had nothing to do with it. Uh, Damon, great job. I want to thank all of our guests. I want to thank the Raiders for getting us Solomon, along with Yannick Ngakwe, Steve Sylvester, one of the legendary Raiders to win all three Super Bowls, Jeff Sherman from the Westgate. I feel great about that effort, and the calls were outstanding. Thanks for listening. Thanks to all of our partners. We have a whole bunch of new partners we're bringing on over the next couple of weeks, an official tequila company, an official beer company, and a casino that's pretty big. So that's all happening here in the works, and we appreciate that. Uh, Friday, I am live from the Virgin Hotel former Hard Rock. I don't know where they're going to have me. I think right in the front lobby when you come in. If you haven't seen that property yet, I walked it. It is mind-blowing. So for everybody here, have a great day on Raider Nation Radio. I'm JT. You miss any portion of the show. It's at lvsportsnetwork.com. Have a great day. Good day, you guys.